This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello. Uh, Valentine's Day. No one, this is the least acknowledged Valentine's Day in the history of Valentine's Days, and uh, that's fine with me. That is totally and completely fine with me. It's always been an overrated, weird holiday. A lot of disappointed people. It makes you, if you're lonely, it makes you feel lonelier. It's just weird. It's totally unnecessary. And uh, let's be done with that. Um, Everything continues to go totally weird and bonkers and sideways in this country. There's something very odd going on, whether it's uh, a lack of eggs, (laughs) uh, trains coming off the tracks, Mysterious objects uh, being allowed to float over the United States and then being pulverized the moment we see him. A president who is not a president. Uh, there's just a, a strange, I don't want to call it a malaise. It's an unease. There's a, there's a weirdness. There's a weirdness. And they're counting on you and I not noticing. Just keep watching the damn football. How many people watch that game? Just keep watching the football on the Netflix and don't worry about anything. Uh, we got to, we got to, Hey, there's a book I read. That's a little bit along these lines. A long time ago, Ayn Rand, she was like this, um, Mrs. Robinson type figure in the, uh, conservative world. A very interesting woman lived here in Manhattan, wrote a book, uh, Atlas Shrugged, I think it was called, and everything was going wrong in society from like mysterious plane crashes to, uh, uh, people just kind of dropping dead or disappearing. Um, a mysterious, aloof figure named John Galt. Remember this? Doesn't that seem a little bit like what's going on now? Um, I just, and people can't put their finger on it. They look to the leaders, the people who are supposed to know about these things, who are supposed to have responsibility, and they're blowing it off. Uh, Pete Boot Edge Edge, our transportation secretary. What a great job, huh? You get to keep the the, the planes uh, flying, the trains moving. Well, planes are falling out of the sky. Trains are coming off the tracks. And this guy is actually, no kidding, with a straight face, talking about the color of the faces of construction workers. And he's going off of his own prejudices. Listen to this remarkable moment. Cut 28, please. Cut 28. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges, on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing doing the good-paying jobs don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Mm. Uh, There are so many more important things, right? And it's just the easiest thing in the world to go around counting the color of faces. Oh, we have a black person, uh, three white people, we have one Asian. No, we got to fix that. We got to fix that. It's the silliest, easiest thing to do in the world. 
And generally speaking, those who are doing it the most are the ones most secure in their power. They want to maintain it. They will do whatever they have to, but they're secure in their power. They've already made their money. They've got the prestige. They've got the status, and they want to maintain all of those things. So what do you do? You do what he just did. You know, talk about the, oh, boy, listen to that. He's such a, he's so brave. He's talking about race. That's such a brave thing to do, sticking up for people of color. Look at me. I'm a white man, and I am talking about all of these. There are just too many white faces. We don't need any more white guys. Oh, wow. You get a little, Pete and others like him get a little thrill out of that. Listen, look at it. I know this from experience, by the way. All right? I did it myself once. Oh, boy, did I feel like a big shot. Oh, boy, I felt, look at me. Look at how generous I am. Uh, It was like 12 years ago, maybe longer. I think it was like 2008. And I was on the set of Good Day New York. And for whatever reason, I can't remember the exact uh, topic, but the matter of race came up. And I think there were four of us having the discussion. Curtis Sliwa may have been on the panel. And I interrupted and I said, well, I think that we should point out that we are all white people here and we cannot speak for the... I'm like, oh, boy, did I feel so uh, just cool. Listen to me. I can point to my race and say it's a negative. Oh, you shouldn't listen to me because of my race. You have to... Now, I said that from a point of, uh, well, that was a big shot. Felt like a big shot. Like, yeah, I'm... Look at me. I can say this. I can get away with this. And it's going to accrue to my benefit. Am I am I saying too much here? It's a very human thing. And I see it. I was young and stupid back then and probably drunk. And uh, I just, I don't like it when I hear it and I'm hearing it everywhere. And you hear it on the fake news. Um, that wasn't fake news technically, but I was being kind of fake. Here's Jake Tapper being fake. They're all fake. Everything. You know, that's why the truth is so, it's so seductive when you actually hear it, because it's so rare. Jake Tapper cut 20. Now, here's the, what is Jake talking about? Did you hear what Ron DeSantis did? Ron DeSantis, it's no big deal. He's fine. Look, when you're going to run for president, they go through every little thing you did. And after he got out of college, he went to uh, a boarding school and was a teacher there for a year. No big deal. He's 22 years old. You know, the girls are 17 and 18, and somebody took a picture of him at a party, and he's surrounded by a couple of these girls. I don't I don't think he did anything, uh, but this is the kind of thing. Sooner or later, he's going to have to talk about it. It's fine. These things happen. Listen to I just told you more information. Jake Tapper will not go there. He will not go there. Cut 26, because Donald Trump, Donald Trump highlighted this little thing that um, that happened to DeSantis. Go ahead with cut 26 now. The primary is definitely on, the Republican primary. And Donald Trump re-truthed on his social media website a real smear against uh, Governor DeSantis. I'm not even going to repeat it, but it was, a, it was a real smear. Real smear. Uh, wow. How low can Trump go, right? How low can Trump go? Well, um, Trump didn't do it. The New York Times and the Democrat Party did it. The New York Times in November of last year, just a little, a few months ago, they did a big story. They went looking at everything they could find on Ron DeSantis, and they wrote a big story. It's called Pranks, Parties, and Politics, Ron DeSantis's Year as a School Teacher. At a private school 20 years ago, the future governor was a popular history teacher and coach, but some students were taken aback by his comments on the Civil War and abortion. 
Uh, let's see. The name of the school was Darlington. Uh, he was charismatic. He was cool. But let's get to the nugget. Let's get to the nugget. He was observed in the company of uh, of seniors, women, at a party. And you know what the innuendo is, right? You know what they're trying to do with that. Hey, it happens. But it didn't come from Donald Trump. It came from the New York Times. Let's see here. Uh, from the New York Times. Several students recalled that Mr. DeSantis was a frequent presence at parties with the seniors who lived in town. Most spoke uh, about socializing with him on the condition of anonymity because they feared backlash for speaking publicly about it. As an 18-year-old, I remember thinking, what are you doing here, dude? One former student said. Ms. Minnie said that when she was a senior the fall after Mr. DeSantis left, she found a memo on a teacher's desk reminding the staff that fraternizing with students was inappropriate even after they graduated. That's got to be about Mr. DeSantis. That's what I remember hearing everyone saying. Other students remembered at least one other teacher who had socialized with students that year. Uh, let's see here. Two women, two former students, both women, remember him attending at least two parties where alcohol was served, but they said the parties took place after graduation and that they were not bothered by his presence at the time. Although, guess what? Me too, all that stuff. <laughs> Although they question it now. They're questioning it now. And they're, what are they, reliving the trauma? Um, let's see. The Democrat Party also put this thing out. They called attention to it. They put out a big um, blog post, one of those super PACs. Last year, Hill Reporter, a, Hill Reporter, a blog put out by a Democrat super PAC, published a photograph of Mr. DeSantis taken with several female students from Darlington in 2002, one of whom was holding what appeared to be a bottle of beer. Uh, And what does Jake Tapper say? He blames all of this on Trump. One more time. Cut 26. The primary is definitely on the Republican primary. And Donald Trump retruthed on his social media website a real smear against uh, Governor DeSantis. I'm not even going to repeat it, but it was a, it was a real smear. Uh, I'm not even going to repeat it. Look, Ron DeSantis. I like Ron DeSantis. He can. This is not. This is nothing. This is just. This is just Wednesday. This is Tuesday. This is politics. It happens. These stories come up. Everybody's lived a life. They're going to try to say something about everything, and that happens. It's not the worst thing I ever heard. He's going to be president someday. Uh, I don't want it to happen in 2024, maybe 2028, 32, 36, 40, 44, 48, 52. He's going to be Donald Trump's age in 2056, I think. 2056. He's got a lot of time left. Uh, You know who is never going to be president, though? Nikki Haley. Oh, boy. She really does sound like she's running for uh, PTA president or even worse, like carpool coordinator uh, for... Uh, the fourth grade class at some middle school. Uh, listen to this. This is, <laughs> does this person really think they can be president when they sound like this? I'm sorry. You got to have a certain, you got to have a certain way about you. And a woman can have it. Men can have it. Doesn't matter what your race is, obviously. Uh, but you got to have the it factor. And whatever it is, Nikki does not have it. Cut 36. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. Stop. But my Stop. You know, I've been talking about running for mayor. Could you imagine if the first word out of my mouth in my campaign announcement was about being white? Was that what I mean? 
I'm sorry. I went. I mean, being Indian in America, being white in America, being Asian in America, being black. Goodness gracious, they're telling the same story over and over again. We've heard it. We don't care. Gets worse. Keep going. My mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were hey, to live in America. Doesn't that sound like something Joe Biden's dad would say? Don't focus on the differences. Focus on the similarities. Isn't that something Joe Biden would say his dad said? It's phony, of course. Keep going. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have seen evil. In China, they commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. And when a woman tells you about watching soldiers throw her baby into a fire, it puts things in perspective. What is she talking about? What baby and what fire? What is she talking about? Look, the world is a bad place. We know that. Uh, we know the woke police. Uh, we know they're crazy. Uh, take us, tell us something we don't know. You know, this is so, it's such generic stuff at this point. And what are you going to do about it, uh, Nikki? What, what are you going to do about it? Even on our worst day, we are blessed to live in America. I was born and raised in South Carolina, so I have seen the very best of our country. People here threw out the old, tired political establishment and demanded accountability for their tax dollars. Uh. Industry reports called us the beast of the Southeast. Which I love. Oh, shut up. Enough. This is so boring. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Never. And the reason why she's not going to be president is because she promised everybody a year ago that she would never, ever, ever run against President Trump. And the first thing she does is break a promise. Another one. What's the rush with her? How old is she anyway? 40-something? 48? She can wait. Uh, there's There's no need for her. We don't need another... Gosh, doesn't she sound corny? A little bit more. There's something really cornball about her. Keep going. Thousands for fresh starts. Moms and dads held their heads up high. Oh, brother. Children learned that it was always... It's a great day in South Carolina. It's a great day. It's a great day. A great day. A great day in South Carolina. All right, give me a break. I mean, seriously, I've been to South Carolina. It's not that great. It's There's, not, there's nothing that special about it. Sorry. Uh, what is she running for? Lieutenant Governor of South Carolina? I've... <laughs> All right. She's not talking to me. Uh, is she talking to you? Let me know. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Everybody, everybody seems to understand this Buttigieg guy. uh, He might be in some trouble here. He's so tone deaf, so out to lunch with the vacations, with flying on government planes, uh, with the kind of the intellectual showing off and not 
actually getting down to business. Uh, he's even getting he's getting getting heat from uh, he's getting heat from Elon Omar and the Democrats as well as Republicans. They don't like this guy, and they still resent him that he ran for president as the uh, that twerp mayor from South Woods, Indiana, wherever that was. Uh, he had no business running for president. And even even uh, Joe Biden secretly hates him. Maybe not so secretly. Uh, oh, do we still have we have two senators, right, from New York? Yeah, we have uh, Gillibrand, who will not be seen. I don't know when they're going to let her come out again. Chuck Schumer, though, you can't keep him away from the TV cameras. Listen to how wrong he is here. Uh, is he wrong on purpose? Is he just dumb? Is he... Uh, but you know, you know, we have egg on our face, or Joe Biden does with this whole balloon debacle. How about this for chutzpah, chutzpah, Chuck? Uh, it's not us. We're not embarrassed. It's China. Cut thirty, please. Cut thirty. I think the Chinese were humiliated. I think the Chinese were caught lying, and I think it's a real, it's it's a real step back for them because they look really bad. And they're not just doing the United States. This is a crew of balloons. We saw one in South America. They've probably been all over the world. <laughs> uh, China is celebrating. I had uh, Mr. Pillsbury on my show. Pillsbury, uh, great guy, worked in the Reagan administration. One of the greatest China experts in the world. Uh, and he laughed at that, laughed out loud. Uh, nobody agrees with that. We are in a we're in a bit of a bind here. We have a fake president who's really calling the shots. Uh, people who are too afraid to show their face. Susan Rice, even Barack Obama. Where is that guy? Boy, oh boy, rarefied life, the life of a billionaire who's pulling the strings of this sleaze bag from Delaware. Um, let me try. What the heck? We'll go with Eric in Manhattan. Yeah, hi. Hey, hey, Greg. It's always good to talk to you. Um, about you were saying that well, Biden couldn't possibly win. Well, they who who else is are they going to you know is Hillary going to save them from? Well, wait, 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 wait. I didn't say he couldn't possibly win. I said if he runs, uh, they will have they'll have to rig it all over again. They will rig it so he does win. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of. And if they pick him, then we'll know ahead of time it's rigged. And oh, by the way, maybe we need to go out and make our voices heard in a big, bold, beautiful way. Not like Black Lives Matter, breaking stuff and stealing stuff, but a a little bit more than the the tweeting and the lecturing and the and the screaming on radio. Maybe we got to take to the streets again. Not like Black Lives Matter within the law, but let's do it boldly at some point. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome to Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Today we are bringing you a special wildlife report on shark behavior, during which a scientist deliberately provokes shark attack while riding in this small underwater vehicle called a wet submersible. Wow, I'd watch that episode on a Sunday night, wouldn't you? We all used to watch that stuff. Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Wow. Uh, What was his name? Merlin Perkins, something like that. Uh, Just this nice, interesting guy who would take us on adventures uh, every week. And I just thought that was wonderful. And the wide world of Disney was on right after that. What are we watching these days on Sunday nights? We saw the satanic ritual, the the satanic uh, trans-loving uh, trans-promoting, uh, sing-song, hellish, nightmarish, weird celebration at uh, the Grammys. And then 
we had Rihanna fondling herself at the uh, halftime show. She was, by the way. I watched it very carefully. And there's a time and a place to do that stuff, all right? You can even show your friends. You can even put it online. We know how to find it. It's right, all right. I mean, look, I, as I've said it before. I'm not, uh, I've been around. I'm not, uh, but to put it on Sunday night, Sunday night with children, this stuff is, you know, at one point I was one of those guys, oh, give me a break. It doesn't make any difference. Come on. Oh, stop it. You're being, you're being ridiculous. You know, just be, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I can, I get it. I get it. I, I have no problem with it. I do have a problem with it. And it's been happening over years and years and years. And look at us now. Look at us now. I think it was 2004. Was that the Janet Jackson uh, thing when the, when it came off? Janet Jackson looks downright wholesome uh, compared to uh, Rihanna. That was an accident, her stupid shirt coming off. Rihanna was touching herself and simulating sex on purpose with these dudes. And girls, by the way. Um... I think that has a corrosive effect on a society. I, I just, it's, we've seen it all around. Now people get high in the morning, construction workers, and that's cool. We're falling apart. We're just falling apart. And it is, it is like that book. I just put it out. Atlas Shrugged, Ayn Rand, this noted older woman of her day, wrote this amazing book back in the 1950s about uh, kind of society crumbling and uh, an over-regulated uh, economy, and, and, and then the looters, and it's been a long time. I read the book in the 90s, um, but things were breaking rather mysteriously. Sometimes it was vandalism, sometimes it was just a, a laziness. What is happening right now with these... Did you hear about the United Airlines flight that just plunged to within 700 feet of the ocean? It took off, was at about a couple of thousand feet, and then just plunged, nose first. Miraculously, uh, they, the pilot pulled out in time. How did they get in that position? I don't know. Still under investigation. There's just some, some strange stuff. And maybe we're at a tipping point because so many people have been sucked in, myself included, by, by the phone, by the screen, by the iPad, and everything that it offers, which is not much, by the way, but it seems like it's everything. Imagine going a day without the internet. Imagine going a day without television or without Netflix. What the hell would we do? Would we dare talk to each other? Would we dare possibly brush off a Bible and look at that? This is what happens. This is what happens when you make you make it untenable professionally, socially, to talk about God, to talk about right and wrong. This stuff is wrong. Stuff that's being promoted is obviously wrong. And then now they've criminalized, um, demonized us for pointing it out. Oh, man, I'm worried. I'm worried. I've got two beautiful children. I keep hearing you send them to school. They come back different people. They come back totally warped and changed. Uh, I don't want that to happen. All right. I don't want to be too down right now, but... um, (laughs) And on top of that, we have UFOs. I don't think there really are UFOs, but uh, they certainly can't seem to explain themselves very well. Uh, our government as to what's going on with these balloons and objects. I heard somebody say they want people saying that it's UFOs to take their mind, to distract us all over again. I keep hearing about how the Democrats, they love democracy and everything. We're a threat. MAGA is a threat to democracy. Well, 
A democracy is, you know, literally that means ruled by the people. But they're keeping the people in the dark entirely on what these things are all about. Objects at 30,000 feet. What does that mean? We have United States senators, good guys, Rubio, John Kennedy of Louisiana, that like they're not telling us. We're not, we, we don't know the truth. They're not filling us in. Well, these are, our Democrat, these are our democratically elected leaders. you got to tell them, the deep state, they don't think they report to anybody. They don't think they report to any. They don't trust us, them and their silly classification, overclassification. We've got 537 elected representatives. They've got 10 million, 10 million in the swamp. 10 million versus 537 of our elected representatives. Who's going to win? And for those of you who are saying, we must have term limits, we must have term limits, we must have term limits, well... I don't know about that, actually. If I want to reelect Joe Blow, I want to be able to reelect Joe Blow. I want to keep sending him back to stand up to the swamp. Right now, it's like the sw- uh, the elected leaders come and go. The swamp is permanent. And that is really, really bad for everybody. All right. Uh, is it a UFO or not? It's not a UFO. It's a... It's a this is an opportunity for Joe Biden to look tough after looking weak. He was just a weakling, right? He was just a, he just, he didn't know what to do. And now he's looking like a tough guy. Did you notice, by the way, the truck attack that happened in Brooklyn? Some maniac gets into a U-Haul, runs over people. I've seen the video, my goodness. He runs right over people, like eight people at least, seriously injuring them. The guy's taken into custody right away, right away, instantly. They say this was not terrorism. Cut nine, please. Cut nine. At this time, we have no indication that there is any terrorism involvement in this incident. However, as always, we will continue to investigate this incident with the full resources of the NYPD and our partners. What we saw today is a clear example why every moment of every day, the NYPD must be prepared for every possibility. I want to thank our NYPD officers, our partners in law enforcement for jumping into action this morning. If anyone has any information that may aid in this investigation, we encourage you to contact us at 1-800-577-TIPS. You may do so anonymously. Oh, well, I'm not impressed. I, I, I don't buy that the tonality right there. We have no indication. Well, just relax. You don't. It doesn't sound like she had that much of an open mind, actually. See, they don't want it to be terrorism because that will reflect badly on Democrats. Bill de Blasio came in and he made it be known. One of the first things he did was dismantle some of the vital uh, infrastructure, anti-terror infrastructure that Bloomberg and Kelly established over 12 years. Oh, by the way, in 12 years, there was not one terrorist attack. You know how many there have been since uh, de Blasio came in and Adams together? There have been about 10, actually. 10. Now, they're always under-publicized because these people often, I'm not saying her necessarily, but uh, they just lie about it. Like, after de Blasio becomes mayor, the July 4th bombing in Central Park They try to say, oh, that was a firecracker. That was a firecracker. No, 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 it wasn't. (laughs) There are trace chemicals that you can't get in a firecracker. That was weapons-grade stuff. And some guy lost half his foot. 
the police officer who was nearly hacked to death with an axe at Parsons Boulevard. You haven't heard about that by an Islamic fundamentalist. How about the bombs that were detonated all through Chelsea? Do you remember that? Probably not. It happened in 2016. Not a peep about it. Just kind of happened and everybody, oh, everything's under control. It was terrorism. The guy who jumped into another van on Halloween in 2017 ran over a dozen tourists from Argentina, killed them. They're just now in the penalty phase of that guy's trial. And then this happens. I notice also that it's interesting when they emphasize the ethnicity and race of the suspect and when they don't. I notice that they cannot say enough, cannot emphasize enough, no matter what the tragedy is, no matter what the episode is, when it is a white assailant, when it is a white perpetrator, they're going to let you know that. And there'll be all kinds of rumblings and mumblings about, oh, this is a mega extremist. Must be, must watch the Tucker Carlson show, right? That, that, that happens automatically. Now, this individual... Uh, happened to have been an Asian man in his 60s. By the way, I believe Asians, if you look at the numbers, commit like less crime than almost anybody else, any other group. But it is interesting, in about a month, we have seen three rampages by older Asian men. I'm not saying it's whatever. It's it, it, it might just be whatever. Whatever. Is that... I mean, we used to put that out all the time. The ethnic now we just do it when the folks are white. Um, especially if you can tie it to <laughs> Tucker Carlson or Donald Trump. Uh, I'll show you tonight. I got a million examples of this. It's really startling. It's just left out of the equation if it happens to be a person of color. Look, we either include it for everybody or we don't include it. Uh, and maybe we should just. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter, I guess, except you guys always want to make a story out of it, you guys being the fake news. Um, and I notice also, what difference does it make what the motivation is of the person who did it? It's like a big deal for the, for the eight people who are run over. That's life-altering. Nothing's ever going to be the same. Shouldn't we have compassion for them, whoever they are? Oh, it's not terrorism. Nobody gives a damn. Uh <laughs> Whether, whether this lunatic was motivated by you know, something that happened to him when he was five years old or something that's going on right now in the Middle East, I, I, does, does that really matter about its newsworthiness? I think we should all be uh, kind of concerned and kind of focused. One of the reasons why they had the robust anti-terror program from 2002 to 2013 and they made a big deal out of it was to tell people... Don't try it in New York. Don't come here with that crap. No, eh, not so much. We just, all we did was put it out there. We have dismantled the demographics unit. That was unconstitutional and racist. It was neither, but okay, got it. You're the new guys in town. You want to, and meanwhile, Ewick, Ewick, he's just fooling everybody. Still having a fine time. I actually heard somebody I know and like and respect saying, oh, it was really great that Eric Adams went to a homeless shelter and slept there overnight. Like, this is what we're looking for. This is what it takes to run a city. No, that's a cheap political stunt. And they've been doing it since they've been doing it for a century. Jimmy Walker used to do that stuff. Jimmy Walker. Ever hear of that guy? Very, just like Eric Adams. Very natalie dressed, good-looking guy. Corrupt. 
totally corrupt, had to, had to run out of town in the end to avoid jail. Uh, let me try Terry and Douglas in for a moment. Hi. Yo, Terry and Douglaston, did you press that button yet? I don't see it's pressed. There you go. Yeah, hi, Greg. Hi. Hi, Greg. I, I'm, I'm addicted to your show, Greg. Great show. Uh, the problem is today uh, Republicans don't bring out the big issues and say this is what we're going to do and this is what we're doing right now. You know, there's a lot of things you can do. You could say we're going to put that military on that border. We're going to build that wall. We're going to pull race quotas out by the roots in the federal government. It's an executive order. We're going to stop all this illegals coming in with deportations. Then you will scare the Democrats. Right now, they just laugh at us. You know, you are right. Uh, Biden shooting down balloons. He's looking like a tough guy to the hundred million that looked watch the Super Bowl. They think he's a tough guy. But the bottom line is, every enemy of America is inside this country because. Hey Terry. Hey Terry. Is this? What's your real name? What is it? Is it? Did you do it again? Huh? Terry, I am really furious with you at this point. But why? Why hey, would you knock be it furious? off? Knock it off, Steve. But why would Steve, you be- cut the crap. You know, you can get in trouble for that. You know, there are laws against what you're doing right now. <laughs> there are laws. You, you, you're laughing. I'm serious. I can get you in big trouble for what you're doing. What did I do? You can't call I the radio station and mis- misrepresent yourself. There are rules against that. There are laws against that. You well, see, there are laws against that. You don't even know it. Well, you can't impersonate somebody in a, in a Stop it. Te- I'm, like I'm going to save you from yourself. You can't do that anymore. I, I tell you what. It, you know what I take it as? I take it as a sign of disrespect. All right? I want you to think about what you did, Terry. I want you to think about All right, just do me a favor. Don't play this game with your name. All right? I'm sick of it. Thank you. Goodbye. That's not right. I can't stand it. Why does he do that? He never... He doesn't fake me, though. I always catch him. I always catch him. It's you guys. It's you guys in the back with your the, the switchboard. What's wrong with you? What's wrong? What's the matter with you? Uh, all right. I'll do one more. John, is that your real name? Hello? Greg, is that really you? <laughs> me? Is that me? Greg? Hi. Is that you? That's you, Greg, right? All right, stop. What's up? Uh, <laughs> hey, um, my point is, since you were a fighter pilot, and thank you for your service, talking earlier about that pilot that shot that missile at the unidentified object, how in the world did that missile miss it? If they locked it on, Maybe you can explain the procedure since you were in that position at one time. Well, uh, here's my understanding of the situation. They fired an AIM-9 Sidewinder missile. I fired those myself, not at a uh, balloon, but at a at a flare. It's a heat-seeking missile, all right? It follows the heat, uh, and even a little bit, if it's a little bit hotter than the ambient air temperature, it will hone in on that. Uh, but I could see it totally missing. I mean, that balloon wasn't on fire, right? It wasn't a really uh, intense heat signature. So I can totally see it missing. And it's not a big deal. Missiles miss. <laughs> know what I mean? 
It's funny that we even you know heard that. I mean, a guy came. I mean, we we missed. Oh my gosh, he missed. It's no big deal. You can miss. You got two of those things at least. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, I think it would be a kind of a funny um, Monty Python type of a scenario when that missile missed the balloon. Uh, just picture Joe Biden and Jill on the beach in Delaware, and that missile hit his house. Not them, but his house. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> All right, John. Thank you. That would have been one hell of a U-turn for the missile from Lake Huron all the way to Joe Biden's house. Thank you, sir. Uh, what else is going on here? Uh, suicide attempts, sexual. Yeah, teen girls are. They are going through so much. How do I? How do we skip teenage years? Is that possible? Give me a moment, please. Thank you. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Joe is speaking at an event right now, live right now, at an event for local leaders. What does that mean? He's in Washington, D.C. Where is he? The NAACP? No. The NAC. What's that? Anyway, on the White House lawn right now, there's a a great big heart, and actually several of them, and there's like a dog. Oh, remember his silly dog? The one he didn't take care of? This is the one that he gave that dog away, and then they got this dog. What kind of man gives away their own dog? He gave away a perfectly, like, valid dog. The dog was, like, six. It wasn't too old. He gives his dog away and replaces it with a younger version, huh? Hmm? Ladies, how do we feel about that? And then he has a great big heart on the front lawn, and what does it say? Reach out with open hearts and helping hands this Valentine's Day. And it's got a bunch of, like, you know, kids when they put their hand in the ink and then they put it on something. It's very nursery school. Last year he had just various hearts and they had words like empathy, caring, love, helping. <laughs> helping. It, it's, it's, it's really right out of not even middle school. This is, this is grammar school material. But this is supposed to be very important stuff, right? Right now, national security, managing the country. Hillary Clinton told us she was the one. Remember this? And what does that entail, being the president? Taking that phone call at 3 in the morning, because it's going to happen, they say. Cut 18, cut 18. It's 3 a.m., and your children are safe and asleep. But there's a phone in the White House, and it's ringing. Something's happening in the world. Your vote will decide who answers that call. Whether it's someone who already knows the world's leaders, knows the military, someone tested and ready to lead in a dangerous world. It's 3 a.m. and your children are safe and asleep. Who do you want answering the phone? I'm Hillary Clinton and I approve this message. (laughs) Okay, we do not want that. We do not want that. But Joe, he's getting up at 3 in the morning. Then what? Then what would happen? What would he say? What would he do? We need him back, and you know who. Give me a moment, please. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
I don't remember this anniversary. I don't remember where I was. The Parkland families mark five years since that school shooting. That was in Florida, right? Uh, I don't remember it. I don't. I remember very well uh, Newtown, Sandy Hook, but I don't remember that. The usual suspects are on TV calling for gun control. Um, I don't think that's the answer. Enforcing the gun control laws that we have, all 50,000 of them, uh, that would be, that's more like it. Uh, but more gun control, I mean, how much more can you have? And I'm not, I'm sorry, there's no way. Cannot ban all weapons. The Second Amendment is a real <laughs> constitutional right. And I've, I've gotten chills, actually, when I remembered. Over at the United Nations, there's this sculpture. It's supposed to signify peace. And what is it? It's the bent gun. And they got a great big revolver. It's about eight, 18 feet high. It's like a forty-four caliber revolver, kind of like Dirty Harry had with a very long barrel. But the barrel is bent, bent and twisted like a pretzel, so you can't use it anymore. And this is supposed to be, right, this is supposed to be really good. This is the future. This is what, you know, a, a land without weapons, a, a world without weapons, a world without war. But, and I used to like that stuff when I was a kid. Like, yeah, that sounds great. It does sound great. Uh, but the reality is uh, something else. Who has the power to actually take a gun and twist the metal barrel into a knot? Who can do that? It takes one hell of a lot of strength. It takes strength, right? To me, I see like the government could do that. That's the government. And I don't want the government. That's, (laughs) hey, uh, founding fathers, and they were pretty good. They were pretty good on a lot of things. Um, They thought that the Second Amendment should be in place. So do I. What do we have now? What do we have now? We got this. Cut 14, please. Cut 14. I've spent more time with Xi Jinping, at least before we got out, than any world leader has. I've traveled 17,000 miles with him, the president of China. Can you imagine a guy, a president, who spoke as passionately as he did about all the time spent, all the FaceTime he got with some Chinese leader, as opposed to, you know, our constitutional rights, our rights as citizens. How about this? Why the hell isn't he on Air Force One going to Ohio to see what the freaking heck happened there with the train and this fire? You know, I, they're obsessed with the environment and the ocean rising uh, two millimeters over the next thousand years. But this thing is producing acid rain right now, potentially. Right now it's happening. And they don't care. What is going on? I am really frustrated, actually. What is I? Because I usually know what's going on. I usually am in the loop. Somehow I find a way to. But I'm in good company. I mean, Marco Rubio, John Kennedy from Louisiana. These guys, they're shr- they they're shrugging their shoulders. They have no idea. They're being kept in the dark. And this is that's not democracy. I also remember that promise he made a big promise to all of us. That he would always be straight with us. Does anybody remember that? I will always be straight with you. My whole soul is in this. I will always be straight with you. Joe Biden, January 20th, 2021. Just kidding, huh, Joe? Just kidding. Um, oh, am I finished with this guy, Mark Pomerantz? Uh, this is how it works again, all right? This is how they're canceling Trump. Now, they can't cancel him. But they just might prosecute him, okay? They just might. And there's no pushback. So some absolute diabolical Trump-hating idiot 
by the name of Mark Pomerantz, a frustrated lawyer, broken down guy, um, left the legal profession rather prematurely. Nobody seems to understand why. He writes a book. First of all, he gets a volunteer job with the Manhattan DA, just hanging around the Manhattan DA's office looking for dirt on Trump. All day long, he's looking for something, going through documents. He, he puts it in his book. He talks about it on these TV shows. He goes on 60 Minutes. He goes on Meet the Press. He goes on uh, the, the, the Morning Joe. He goes on the Today Show. He goes everywhere with a fake book. And people will buy the book, but they won't read it. And meanwhile, you know, just lazy lout America just listens to the guy. Well, he must have a point. Oh, he must have a point. Yeah, what am I? The, the press, the media, they don't push back. The only pushback he gets is, hey, did you hurt our chances to put Trump in jail with this book? Could this jeopardize the case? But they're not like, hey, uh, isn't it highly unethical and wrong for you to have done this? By the way, you seem to have a clear grudge against the president. In your own words, you say it out loud. I, let, let, can we talk about that, please? Uh, let's see here. Cut 23. Cut 23. Mark Pomerantz, Trump-hating lawyer, ex-volunteer for District Attorney Vance, on how repugnant he finds Donald Trump. Cut 23. Nor was there any conversation about politics, about the 2020 election, the stop the steal shenanigans, or whether Trump needed to be prosecuted because his behavior as president was repugnant to us or to others. Wow, repugnant. That's quite a word. But he says, nope, 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 nope. None of that had any. You find somebody repugnant? How many people have you actually said are repugnant in your life? Have you ever used that word? I would submit that you cannot be neutral with somebody you find repugnant. But Mark Pomeran says he can be. Cut 24, please. Next sentence. The political implications of a prosecution were simply out of bounds and irrelevant to our conversations. Yeah, I don't think so. You think you think he's repugnant, although actually maybe they didn't say it out loud, but they didn't have to because they totally understood each other. They understood they were all on the same page. And when you're all on the same page, you don't have to talk. You don't have to say certain things out loud. How about that? Alan Weisselberg, the poor guy is in Rikers Island right now for being a good guy. He was a good accountant and uh, business manager for Trump. Listen to what they did to him. Cut 21, please. Look at the little promise they tried to make him. Cut 21. If Weisselberg were prepared to tell us the unvarnished truth about his dealings with Donald Trump, that might give him a way to avoid indictment, conviction, and imprisonment. Wow. If he would tell us about Trump, we're not going to prosecute you. We're not going to send you to jail. But if you don't talk about Trump... And then they'll listen to this. How do you square these two statements? Cut 22, please. Cut 22. We didn't bring the criminal case to pressure Weisselberg. We brought it because we thought he had committed serious crimes. This is where all the other lawyers were laughing out loud. It's not a serious crime if you don't pay taxes on a gift. Just ask Ralph Crandon, who didn't pay taxes on the horse with the clock in its stomach. Does anybody remember that episode? He didn't pay taxes on the skinny chicken. He didn't pay taxes on the $75 he won in that all-night poker game. 
And once he realized his mistake, that nice gentleman from the uh, Internal Revenue Service gave him a form, and he went home and he filled it out, and he sent in whatever money he owed. That's how things are. They didn't. <laughs> what they did here, they went with the the Ed Norton version of, of events. They're going to throw you in the federal pen. Remember that? Wow. These guys, too much, too much. One more from him. Mark Pomerantz. I'd like to meet this this little snake. Cut 24. The political implications of a prosecution were simply out of bounds and irrelevant to our conversations. How can that possibly be? And if I met this little snake, I'd just tell him off. I'd point my finger at him and I'd say, I'd tell him how I felt. I guess I don't really have to go to the trouble. I'm telling you. Um, remember this also. These guys don't understand anything. They don't understand other than trying to catch people in technicalities. Um, cut 25. Real estate moguls commonly overstate their wealth. Perhaps this ought not be the basis for a criminal case without a flesh and blood victim. Yeah, there was no flesh and blood victim. He acknowledges that. Deutsche Bank got their money. All right? There were loans made and they were reimbursed. He paid them off. If you want to sell your house, you can sell it for whatever you want. You can actually set that price. I want to sell my house for $10 million. Let's see what happens. I'm going to sell it now for $5 million. And then finally you get seven. I don't know. People ask for a lot of things. They think their house is worth something, and the bank says something else, and the the customer thinks something else. To criminalize all of that, that's what he's tried to do, to criminalize it. Hey, Donald Trump has been fantastic on uh, on uh, Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not Karine Jean-Pierre. Um, uh, Nikki Haley, calling her a career politician um, who quit being the governor of South Carolina, quit being the ambassador to the U.N. She's a quitter. She's a quitter. Hey, I hope, I hope what I'm hearing is not true, that this uh, Senator Scott from... South Carolina. I always get them confused. Who's the guy from? Um, who's the guy from South Carolina? Who's the guy from Florida? Uh, the, the, Tim Scott. Rick Scott. Rick Scott is from South Carolina, I think. No, Tim Scott. Shoot, I don't know. Anyway, the guy from South Carolina. Um, the white guy is from Florida. The black guy is from South Carolina. The black guy is thinking about running for president, and I hope he doesn't because he's got a big future. Um, but now is not his time. I think he's. Um, it's a little bit, he's believing his own press, maybe vice president, interesting guy, career politician, though. And I'm not, I'm sorry, I think America is kind of sour on career politicians. What do they bring to the table that you and I don't? Everybody brings some skill to the table, except for politicians, with that silly, goofy smile and a handshake and a request for your vote or for money. And by the way, when it comes to Nikki Haley in that ridiculous commercial, I I show that it's right out of 1972. Literally right out of 1972. The stuff she's saying is the stuff that Robert Redford in The Candidate, a famous movie about politics, he said the same stuff in his commercial when he was running for Senate as Bill McKay in California. It's pretty wild. Can I hear the Nikki Haley commercial one more time, please, if you don't mind? Uh, let's see. Where is that? That's a, you got it, right? Go ahead. Railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants. Not black, not white. I was different. 
but my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have seen evil. In China, they commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. And when a woman tells you about watching soldiers throw her baby into a fire, it puts things in perspective. Even on our worst day, we are blessed to live in America. I was born and raised in South Carolina, so I have seen the very best of our country. People here throughout hey, the Hey, stop. What's up with the Terminator music in the background? All of a sudden, they went all Terminator. It was all hoaxy and, and sweet. Now it's all Terminator. All right. Mm. It's, it's all schmaltzy, I'll tell you that. All right, hold on. Now, I want to tell, tell you about this movie from 1971. Robert Redford plays the candidate, and it's the same stuff. Listen to this. Here we go. If we're ever going to tackle the problems of the 1970s, we need all the strength a young man can give. Bill McKay has it. to push for real solutions to the problems of unemployment, poverty, and crime. The determination to put some action back into the United States Senate. The energy to fight the special interests on behalf of all the people of California. For a better way, Bill McKay. They get these commercials at Walmart. That's, that's from 50 years ago. We need a new generation of leader, a new generation uh, and that's the same stuff that Nikki is pushing now. Uh, wait, I got that that moment where she kind of really, really hams it up. Uh, one second here. Where is that? Okay, take it away, Nikki. Hmm. Uh, no. Oh, where is that? All right, go ahead. One more time. Hired political establishment and demanded accountability for their tax dollars. Industry reports called us the beast of the Southeast. All right, stop it. Here's the, here's the part where it sounds just like, just like uh, 50 years ago. Ready? Leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border, and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. And she's just going around shaking hands, just like Bill McKay did in 1971. We're sick of it. She's not going to win. She doesn't deserve to win. She doesn't deserve to be the president. And she should have shown a bit more class and decency to Trump, who gave her everything. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So how about that? Yeah, the F-16 missed over Lake Huron, the first missile. Uh, That happens. I'm not that alarmed by it. Shooting down whatever it is it shot down. I just saw a congressman from up there from Michigan. Uh, it's going to be very hard, they say, to get the stuff, the debris, because Lake Huron is very deep. It's more than like a sea than a lake. I just looked it up. 751 feet deep, Lake Huron. 
boy, those Great Lakes are, uh, wow, they're great. They are huge. Um, so it missed, and I am, uh, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, I, I, I don't, uh, eh, people miss all the time. You'd be surprised the stuff that happens. And with a balloon not having much of a uh, heat signature, totally understandable that that thing would, would miss. So that's something we don't have to worry about. Uh, let's just see if there's anything else. U.S. military's first shot at unknown octagonal object over Lake Huron missed. The U.S. military jet that downed an unknown object in the Michigan sky on Sunday missed its first attempt over Lake Huron. Officials told Fox the F-16 using Sidewinder missiles to attack the target. The first Sidewinder heat-seeking missile missed the target. Yeah, and... um, it wasn't clear where the missile that missed ultimately landed. Wouldn't have been that far. They don't have that. The range isn't that great. The second missile took down the target. Each of the missiles cost more than $400,000. None of the debris from the object has been found in the lake. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Oh, everybody seems to agree. This guy's a total zero. Uh, Joe Biden does not know the name of his own Secretary of Defense. It's happened like five times. Uh, that big guy over there. Oh, yeah, the man who's in charge of that outfit. Uh, my general, my general, who is now in charge of that outfit. <laughs> he doesn't know. Lloyd Austin. Maybe he should wear a name tag. Uh, give me a moment, please. Many thanks. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, wow. Uh, Pence, Mike Pence is going to fight that subpoena. You know, he was subpoenaed by that uh, crazy war crimes prosecutor from The Hague. uh, Wants him to, um, I don't know, they're pressuring him, just like they pressured Alan Weisselberg probably. Want to see what they, uh, he's got dirt on Trump. Yeah, good luck with that. But Pence um, is going to fight back constitutionally. He says he is uh, above that, like literally above that. He may be right. Um, hi, Andrew in Stanhope. Yep. Hey, what's up, Greg? Ralph, just relax. Just relax. You're not the first person to have their taxes investigated. What can they do? Can they torture you to death? No. Can they hang you from your feet? No. And then he walks out of the room. He's like, you're right, Norton. I just need to relax. And stop, Norton, stop, you know, stop. Let me do the other. The worst they can do is send you to the federal pen. <laughs> For 20 years. Get out. <laughs> but uh, it's a rare moment that I agree with Buttigieg and the left. But Trump, the platinum plan, which was to start African-American business startups. But I agree, like with the workers, when I would go into the cities and in Newark, all these uh, shops, the mom and pop shops seem to be owned by immigrants. Yet many black people that were not immigrants lived in those neighborhoods, in that neighborhood. And then I walked into the one shop and it was two, a black couple. And I was like, oh, at least there's one. But as soon as they spoke, they had like a Jamaican accent. So it's like I agree 
with him and even Al Sharpton, but I would never burn down. All right, stop, 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 stop. You know, what they say, what they say is the reason you had your little experience there, you know, which is a story, by the way. It's not like you have reams of data to back up anything, but, you know, it's your impression from that time you went into the city. I mean, you got to admit, Andrew, it's but what they say is it's racism. The reason why, you know, it's racism. Now, do you believe it's racism? It could be an element, but Trump is. Uh, so wait a second. Who's going to be ra- who's who's the racist? Say in downtown Newark, who who's making sure that only people of color who are from other countries get to start the small businesses, and well, that native born? No, no, no. Who who would be who would be in who came up with that policy, and who would be enforcing it? How how would that work? Well, the guy doing the loans, the bank, the lending institution. You see, you so they wait, 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 wait. wait. So the bank, you're saying that they don't care about your credit. They don't care about your collateral. They don't care about your references. They only care about color of skin. You see, your normal bigot, quite frankly, I would suspect if it's a white bigot, hates people of color. Excuse me. No matter what color they are. I don't, I I mean, they, 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 it doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter. They just hate everybody. If you look at that uh, crazy stuff that Hitler was talking about, he hated everybody. So, look, I don't think it's (laughs) – banks want to make money, all right? They don't give a damn. So if you want to go – I mean, quite frankly, Andrew, it's very lazy of you to just say, oh, it's got to be racism. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm I'm very disappointed in you, Andrew. You call a lot. What's going on with you? What's what? What's the matter with you? No, I just say it's nuanced. I don't agree with Buttigieg saying that the sole reason is racism. I agree with him completely that the people that live in the community should be the first to get those jobs. Immigrants also. How about the first people who apply for these jobs? You know what, dude? If the federal government gets involved, it's all going to be screwed up. Trust me. All right? And it's the easiest thing in the world to go around counting faces. Okay, you're you're white. You're black. You're white. You're from this neighborhood. You're from that neighborhood. Give me a break. And then executing it, coming up with an equitable plan. Huh? You'd be surprised how few people want to show up early and work all day long. There are not as many people as you think who want to do that. Anyway, all right, Andrew, anything else? You're right. The government will probably make it worse like they did with the housing loans, the subprime loans, force, you know, encouraging the zero down and uh, the schools. So it is racist, too, of Buttigieg to block school choice because then you have less qualified workers and people. So he's racist in his policies that he follows. All right, let's. I mean, racist, racist. Everything's if everything's racist, nothing's racist. You know. Hey, Andrew, thanks a lot. Very thoughtful, but wrong. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, let's see here. I just had. Oh boy, there's a lot of cake around because I just said nobody gives a damn about uh, Saint Valentine's Day. But man, oh man, people brought in a lot of cake and a lot of candy. And I've got secret Valentines all over the place. This is making me very. Uh, well, it's actually quite flattering, <laughs> right? It's very nice. I'm getting all these nice messages and notes and uh, little snacks, some anonymous, some not so much. And uh, who knew? Who knew I had so many uh, admirers out there? Some secrets, some not. Uh, some of this is going to be awkward, but um, that happens. I noticed that nobody's really making a, too much of a big deal generally, but around here... The cakes and all that stuff, it's its a beautiful thing. January 6th, rioter pleads guilty to assault on Fanon, Michael Fanon, the 
the indifference to my colleagues has been disgraceful. So what happened now? He's back in the news. Two, two and a half years later. How many cops have been assaulted in the past two and a half years and we're still worried about Michael Fanon? How bad was his assault? He was doing TV interviews a week later. They told me he had a heart attack. He had a brain injury. He had a TBI. He had a, his, his, his spleen ruptured. He had the, I saw him standing up on July 12th, January 12th, talking to ABC News, NBC News, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, all the fake news. Wanted to talk to Fanon, and they wanted Fanon to talk to them. Man, there is a, there is a, there is a vast left-wing conspiracy running this country. Absolutely, absolutely, and Fanon—that's a great example of it. Fanon, Michael Fanon. All right, um, what is the other thing that we had to talk about tonight on the TV show? I am not. Particularly, well, everybody kind of has some social media in their lives, right? If you don't, they actually are able to monitor you, even if you are not on Facebook, even if you're not on Instagram. The people around you probably are, and they can keep tabs on you, even if you aren't. It's really uh, uh, dangerous. It infringes on all of our rights. And speaking of that, it really is a tragedy what DirecTV did to Newsmax. And it looks to me like they did it in direct response to the pressure that Nancy Pelosi and her allies on Capitol Hill applied to, well, AT&T and other cable providers. They wrote a note. They wrote a letter saying you got to kick all these people off. OAN, Newsmax. The government can't do that. The government can't write such letters. This is a huge, huge scandal. And and just one of the components, actually, is Newsmax getting deplatformed. It's an important one. And, you know, the liberals, you guys got to be careful because you don't want this. And I don't want this to happen to you. I never would have dreamed of saying CNN should be canceled. MSNBC should be canceled. I could say don't watch it. Don't pay any attention to it. But that's just that's just competition. That doesn't mean what's happening right now is thoroughly and completely uh, corrupt. Give me one moment. We have Max in Manhattan. Welcome back. Great. Thank you for taking my call. I was wondering about the uh, – I got three things here. Well, give me but two, all right, because of what? Okay, I'll give you two. Yeah, I, I was don't, wondering about the octagon in the sky. Maybe it was Dana White trying to um, put on some sort of UFC fight, you think? Not funny. Keep going. Okay. Um, listen, this Nikki Haley, uh, she's a neocon. Um, if you look at the history of the neocons – they have nothing to do with conservatism. They were tied to Trotsky, and they have more in line with communism than anything else. They look like conservatives. They speak superficially like conservatives, but they all want war. Nikki Haley is one of them. You know, I uh, one thing, though, and I have looked it up a million times, and I've read the definition, and I still don't understand it. What is a neocon? Define neo and con together. I know it. I think it means new conservative. They used to be liberal, but every time I look it up, I get more and more confused. You just threw that term out. What does it mean? Okay, what happened in the I don't twenties or thirties when Trotsky came over here? He's preaching his form of communism of communism for eternal struggle. There's always something to overcome. Another all war right. to overcome. Uh, yeah, I know all so, about Trotsky and his okay. philosophy. Keep going. So what, okay, so what happens is that. When, um, when they kill him in Mexico, the group that he's with, 
is realizes that look, we're not going to survive if we just you know keep running around with red berets. We have to go underground. So, a guy by the name of Crystal um, takes lead uh, late lead of this. And Bill Crystal's father. Yes, Bill Crystal's father, and eventually passes it on to Bill Crystal. And they decide if they're going to come up again, if they're going to, they can't run around with, with red berets anymore. So they put on red ties like conservatives. They dress well. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. So neocons are socialists in disguise. Yes, along with the Trotsky agenda. Because they were always calling like Paul Wolfowitz and all these guys neocons during the war. Right. Uh, I don't know, man. He started the American. What's that? That 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 conservative magazine, the Weekly Standard. I, I mean, he's a he's a look. He's a he's a nerd. I don't care for him. Uh, not my cup of tea. But I don't think he's a socialist in disguise. I mean, he was a real pro-war hawk. And oh, by the way, all of them were. All of them were. W. I mean, is W a neocon? Um. I guess uh, I, I'm afraid to say yes so quickly, but uh, he was tied with a lot of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, what's your other thing? What, 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 so, okay, okay well, and then what? Uh, what are you going to do? What This Ohio chemical um, contamination, I understand, although I'm not sure. I heard there were several movies concerning this that presaged this event in the same spot. The only movie I know of a train derailment was The Fugitive with Harrison Ford which allowed him to escape. Remember that? They were taking him off to uh, Illinois State Prison, and there was a train derailment, and he was able to get away. No, that was in Illinois. I don't know anything about a movie about that. I don't know. It sounds like a lame movie, a train derailment, a freight train derailment. I mean, I've seen... What? It was something I heard. I'm not... uh, It's just out there in the wind. I know. We got to get cleaned up on this stuff. A lot of people are hearing things. My friend said this. I saw a tweet. You know, I... And I understand that's what it's like because we don't have many, you know, like full-blown, solid conservative platforms. Uh, and, and even some of those guys are a little bit conflicted about some of this stuff. And like, ooh, I don't know. I don't want to – we don't want to attract too much attention here if we go there. All right, give me, a, give me a second. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Should we see what she's saying? She's always confusing people. Uh, This is the White House press secretary. I guess they gave the other guy the day off. Uh, Let's see what she's saying. This process, look how we track, uh, look how we uh, decide to take action uh, and see if there's anything else that needs to be done. So there will be uh, updated protocols, if you will, by the end of this week. So that's that question. Um, The first one, look, you know, and again, I, you've heard from um, Secretary Austin on this. You've heard from DOD on this. You've heard from my National Security Council colleagues. Uh, again, as you all know, the, the objects uh, that were shot down were in the uh, uh, civilian airspace, uh, kind of flying low, uh, low elevation. And so it was shot down. They were shot down uh, because of uh, they we were taking uh, abundance of caution. Uh, we wanted to make sure Americans were safe. Uh, we wanted to make sure uh, that uh, the civilian aircraft flying uh, above in, in, the, in our airspace were safe. No, and that's brother, why they give me a break. You wanted the show. Uh, Joe Biden's a tough guy. You had a disaster. Look at it. Give, give, somebody give her a script, by the way. Goodness gracious. The same elevation. You mean altitude? Yikes. This is bad stuff. Get that, get that other guy back. Get that other guy back. Vigilant. 
on getting these, uh, getting the debris. Uh, but in the meantime, as you just mentioned, the, the benign statement, the intelligence uh, community did say uh, that they are considering or looking this at this to be uh, potentially benign. But of course, no, we want they to said they were sure looking at it as potentially a UFO from outer space. From the stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Where is that? They said it was from outer space. Said it was from outer space. I heard her say that. Where the hell? Is- Here we go. And this is the this is no this is the New York Times. The New York Times says everybody's asking and thinking that this is extraterrestrials. So they asked General Van Herc, who is the guy who's in charge of defending uh, North America, and he won't say it's not uh, UFOs. Cut sixteen. Uh, because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, uh, that raises the question. Um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with an attempt to identify it. Wow. You won't even rule out extraterrestrial life extraterrestrial that's pretty uh that's that's something huh hey uh lorraine uh before i wrap it up how are you okay great thanks for taking my call um i disagree with you i am a big trump supporter i voted for him i will vote for him again but you think it's no one's turn to run except for Trump. And? Well, yes. And I don't think that's right. I think whoever wants to run should and have same equal opportunity. No. What Trump, what, no. No. Lorraine, look, they can run all they want, and I can criticize them. I can point out that Nikki Haley is a uh, phony career politician who has zero accomplishments to her credit, who tried to stab Pence in the back, Trump in the back, um, quite frankly has uh, some stuff in her personal life that I don't think she really wants out there, but it's kind of already out there. I am allowed, as an American, to point all that stuff out. And I can also say, at this point in my life, I don't want a president who's younger than I am. I'm allowed to say all that stuff, and that's the way I feel. Lorraine, you can say the opposite, but, uh, yeah. And I know know the argument, too. I know that they say the more candidates actually help Trump, and that's fine. But uh, I'm going to address him as they come, and... uh, well, right now I'm really letting Nikki have it, Nikki Haley have it because she deserves it. She deserves it, Lorraine. I I totally agree with that. I I don't have a problem with Nikki Haley. I'm talking about Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis. Oh, he's another guy, Tim I Scott, come- career politician. He like who are these people? All the the politics, probably run around asking for stuff all the time. They don't know. <laughs> Look. I want citizen statesmen. I want somebody who's actually done something in life that I can look at and say, yeah, that that's something. You have a skill to bring to the table. And let's face it, a big part of the appeal with uh, Senator Scott in South Carolina is uh, ethnicity, is race, is optics. And quite frankly, I'm kind of over that. I'm, I'm really over that. All right? 
I got fooled uh, by Barack Obama. He's a good guy. I, I agree with him on the issues. But what, where is the lifetime of presidential level achievement? And I don't see it. DeSantis, quite frankly, DeSantis has some of that. Uh, anyway. All right, Lorraine. I guess we're, I mean, we, I, it's, it's semantics between you and me, pretty much. You don't want anyone challenging Trump. And that's where. Well, no, no, have at it. Um, but but part of part of politics is we get to go through your record and we get to talk about you. Uh, you're saying I can't, yeah. I can't do that. I am not saying no. I am not saying that. I'm saying you. Every conversation you bring Trump into it, no matter what it is. So what? I have. Uh, you know what? That's the way I feel. I like the guy. He changed everything for. I mean, he, he, he nothing. We'll never have a figure like him again, ever. And we should appreciate it while we can. I make no apologies for that. Hey, Lorraine, if you're looking for somebody down on Trump, you don't have far to look, okay? This station, that station, every station, all right? I I, I feel differently. Anyway, it is mostly semantics, and I appreciate it. I love Rockville Center, by the way. Uh, Let's wrap things up with Barbara once again, this wise woman from Huntington. Unbelievable. Hello. Hi, Greg. Oh, I'm so glad to be talking to you right now because I'm looking at a quote from Reverend Samuel Langdon in 1788, and he would agree with what you just said. He said, preserve your government with the utmost attention and solicitude, for it is the remarkable gift of heaven. Fix your eyes upon men of good understanding and known honesty, improved by experience. Men who fear God, hate covetousness, love truth, and sincerely wish for the public welfare. Now, we saw that demonstrated for us by President Trump. My focus is religious freedom. No one in the history of our country since our founders did for religious freedom what Trump did. And he was on his way to doing more. And I believe if he's back in office, he will. I love it. I love it. You hear that, Lorraine, in Rockville Center? Uh, I totally agree. Who's that guy? Samuel Langdon. Remember that, Reverend Samuel Langdon. Okay, Barbara, thank you very much. Uh, there is the music, so i got to depart. Uh, many thanks. Oh, the other thing. I just saw a report on NBC News. They're talking about all these kids who have started a happiness program in Boston, and it's all about how to be happy and breathing exercises and, and mantras. I'm telling you, happiness, the Bible, that should be your first stop. I'll see you tomorrow.